real estate, it's location, location. Because even a little mistake can cost amazing amounts of money. But if you have a great location, it, it's like a natural hedge. <laughs> it's a, it protects you. Welcome to the Immigrant Doctor Podcast, a podcast for financially focused immigrant physicians and other medical professionals looking to learn investing in the U.S. market and achieving financial freedom. Join Avishkar, the Immigrant Doctor, as he talks to high achievers and go-getters who unravel their journeys, hardships, and successes, helping you to get your financial freedom. To learn more, go to theimmigrantdoctor.com. So you heard part one last week, and this week we're on part two of my uh, conversation with Shamas about how money works. Um, I'm very excited that you're back listening to this part of the conversation that we had. We had a lot of fun, and uh, you know, hopefully you can get some value from this. So let's talk about you know recessions and corrections. A lot of times we talk about uh, these recessions, especially you know in the in the media, they really hype recessions, right? Mm. And uh, for the last few months, if you uh, look up any news channel, all they talk about is recession is coming. When I was actually researching about recessions and corrections, I was really amazed because we go through this quite often, more often than we actually know about it. So let's talk about, you know, recessions and corrections, just so that people understand um, how they play into the stock market cycles and in economy in general, and how, um, how you look at it from, you know, from uh, an investment advisor perspective. Yeah, so it, it's really hard to know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> right. Everybody pretends to know what, what's going to happen. I, I remember with the 2008 scenario, I thought that was going to happen in 2000. <laughs> right. And then you were off only by eight years or so, right? Yeah. And for me, everyone says 2008. For me, it was 2005 when Bear Stearns went under. And I said, finally, it ha okay, it's happening. And <laughs> so you think something's going to happen and then it just rolls on and on and then it doesn't happen until way later or it happens way earlier than you think right one thing i do know in the market in the stock market is when you're at the bottom of a recession that's when right the bull market starts so right. quite right. oftentimes in the worst part of the stock market that's when you need to get in to the market. Well, I yeah. think it's important to also understand that, you know, like like people talk about this, it, you can never really time the market because you never know when the recession is going to hit, right? Mm. It can keep going down and down. But I think from a definition perspective, if I remember correctly, there's a there's a specific definition for when it's called a correction and when it's called a, a recession. Yeah, it's 22%. I believe that's the... It could be wrong. I believe that's some... Yeah, I think it's like 20%. Is it 20%? Yeah, down. maybe it's 20%. I, I there's some percentage like that, 20 22 some or maybe I use 22 but 20 percent once you break that then you're in a bear market officially yeah. right and so 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 a lot of people um, you know don't understand that that happens actually not hitting a 20 you know a dip in by 20 percent I think correction is like 10 percent mm -hmm. but that dip happens every two to three years mm -hmm. so corrections happen more frequently than we know but nobody talks about these corrections um, but, you know, when the recession starts coming in, everybody's all the news channels are jumping onto this news about <laughs> yeah. recession happening as if it's never happened in the past. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Hype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, so what asset classes perform well in recession? I mean, what are recession resistant? We keep talking about that. You know, we want to take advantage of this recession. We're talking about this looming recession that's coming. The world is ending. Okay, what, what, what should people do? They have some money left on the side. Where should they put their money? So for, for us, we're, I guess, technically a little more sophisticated. I don't consider it that. I think it's very simple. But what we like to do is actually go into positions writing covered calls. Have you heard about options? Okay. And no. So options you have, you can buy a stock and, and limit your risk. Like you can buy a $5 option on Apple computer, which is trading at uh, 150 or something like that. I, I don't actually sure. go into Apple very often recently, but. Yeah, just an example, a hypothetical number. Yeah. and. And then if, if it goes against you, you can only lose $5. But with the stock market, you have the ability to, instead of buying that option, you can sell it. Okay. And you can set yourself up to go into those corrective states, right? So I can set myself up to buy uh, Apple computer at $120 by selling the $120 call strike price. I know that's kind of like way out there. <laughs> well, I think whatever you're talking but, about, I cannot understand a word of it. I think we will have definitely need to do another episode on this, sort of like a masterclass on options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so options are amazing if you sell them instead of buying them. If you sell options, which can be extremely risky, and, and everyone sells it that way, you collect the premium. But it's very interesting okay. because 95% of all options expire worthless. That means if you bought it, you would lose money, right? 95% of the options, you lose money on them if you buy them. Interesting. So how about if you sell them? <laughs> you make money 95% of the times, I guess. Yeah, and, and if I can also hedge the risk that options have, right? Like I can eliminate the risk of selling an option because selling options is extremely dangerous. Why not do that? So what we do is we set ourselves up in this time with a lot of option plays to be able to not time the market, but get into stocks at deep discounts while making premiums on them at the same time. And that's what's amazing about the market. I love the market. I had a, a yoga teacher who would was incredible. And he would say, just work with the basic. But if you perfect the basic, you'll become an expert. And That's true. And so the market is the same thing. If you can understand one basic thing and become an expert in that, you will become an expert. And that's what's so amazing about the stock market. I know a lot of people see it as intangible and they like the real estate. You know, right. Part of the beauty of real estate is the market because it creates the liquidity for that real estate investment. And you- How does it do that? Talk to me about that. How, how does the stock market play into the real estate? I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting thought. And I mean, like I'm making money in my W-2, right? Mm -hmm. Or say an investor's making money from the rents that they're collecting. How, how is that related to the stock market? Well, it's not, except that 
the mortgage-backed securities, right? So it's not exactly the stock market, but the liquidity in the exchanges for real estate is provided by selling those mortgages in the market. Oh, so the banks are actually, the, the, the that's banks, a large chunk because a lot of... And retail investors. Yeah. So you have a lot of retail, you have um, REITs and hedge funds who buy those mortgages and and they give the ability for investors in um, real estate to invest in real estate because if not, the banks wouldn't be able to lend to them. Interesting. Or other companies. And that's what's happening right now is like banks are tightening up. They're not lending because of whatever else is going on in the world. Mm. And they form a large chunk of the money coming in to buy an asset. Yeah. And right now in, in the markets, you have the largest cash mm, just sitting on the sidelines waiting to invest in, for retail investors. Retail investors right. are... are Today, it's, it's a crazy awesome time because retail investors, not the middle and lower class, sadly, that's, that's a different issue, I think, but um, the retail investors have more cash than ever in history. And for the first right. time in history, and this is new, this is like since 2020, I don't, it's a crazy thing that blows my mind and I get all excited, my hair starts standing up and I get all <laughs> academic you know, and retail investors are bigger than institutional investors in the first time in history, in modern history. Wow. And so that's like wow. awesome. That's awesome to me. Yeah. I think, oh, wow. And that, that means there's a chance for pe the little guy to yeah. get ahead. Yeah. I think that's, that's what it is, right? There are these moments in history when wealth shifts hands. And that's why we say that now is the time for wealth to shift hands or it's coming. Um, it might take some time, maybe a few months, a couple of years. We don't know exactly when, but you know, you got to be ready for those times with money in hand um, to deploy in the right asset um, so that you can make your riches um, when the time hits. Yeah, just like 2008. And I think 2008 right. was an opportunity that was even bigger it should have been even bigger than it was, pardon me. It should have been even bigger than it was. But because of the right. Federal Reserve printing money, they saved the banks. Mm -hmm. There should have been a bigger right. shift, a bigger turnover in wealth. And that's my only concern today. Like, what's going to happen? What is? The, what are the powers that be, are they going to do? Because they keep trying to stop the little guy from getting ahead. Right. At least that's right. my right. perspective. They, they want to keep the powers that be, the big banks, the too big to fail, in power with their money. They don't want them to fail. You know. Yeah. So. Well, then uh, what, what should people invest in? Say if somebody has cash lying around, I think the question would be, what would be good hedges against the current inflation that we have and the recession that's coming up? What, what, what asset classes uh, do you think are good? And again, I just want to I, I, I preface this with mm. the fact that 
this is not financial advice. No. This is just a discussion <laughs> that we're having, uh, having, you know. I know that you do work, uh, I think you do work as a financial advisor or whatever, but I... I have the firm, yeah, fina- like all those licenses. You're not a financial advisor for people who are listening here. So no. I don't think, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so I don't think this is financial advice. And I think it, just people should take it with a pinch of salt and understand that these are just very high-level discussions and um, whatever nuances of their finances uh, that they're going through, they will have to discuss with their, you know, with the specialists that they're working with, you know, their financial advisors, their CPAs, whatever. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, dive back into this discussion because I'm really interested in knowing uh, what your thoughts are. I've always heard that, you know, multifamily is a good hedge against inflation and a good hedge against recession. Um, but what about the other asset classes? What do you think? Yeah, multifamily, I think, is an incredible hedge. And then when you're investing in the market, I think that commodity-based companies are an incredible place to put your money, that are producing money. And also, um, companies like Microsoft, Apple, they're making huge amounts of money, and those assets will go up in value. If we go into an inflationary push, you know, hyperinflation, something very aggressive, then companies will go up in value too. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think there's always that. The difference between property and, and the markets is property is less liquid. So you don't go through That's that true. drama of feeling the, the, the valuation and the devaluation of your property. Even though it is happening on a daily basis, you, you, you don't feel it, you don't see it. Because <laughs> right. you can't sell it. <laughs> so in- Well, if you buy it right, I don't think you need to sell it, right? I think that's the philosophy that I operate with is that you buy it right, and I think it's, it's essential to buy it right. It's essential to kind of do a deep underwrite, understand, uh, understand the nuances of the market, understand the, the factors that come into play before you make any, any purchase, um, just because of the, you know, the amount of risk and the amount of moving parts that are there. Um, and so, so I would never want to sell a property if I buy it right. Yeah, I, I had a banker, a mentor who, who I worked with, and he, he would always say, Shamas, the difference between a good real estate purchase and a bad real estate purchase is 10 years. <laughs> so patience is an incredible uh, virtue in any investing. And usually with the stock market, patience is lost. That's why Warren right. Buffett is such a good example in that in that sense. And um, speaking, he's always talked about as the value investor, but he's actually the largest uh, options writer in the market and has been for like 40 years or 30 years, something. You know, that is interesting because I know that you had mentioned this to me when we were talking and my mind was blown because all this while I've been thinking that he's a you know, value investor. Mm. And I was reading this book um, called Invested and basically... Um, I'm forgetting the author's name, but her dad used to work with Warren Buffett, and she kind of explains how um, how Warren Buffett looks at the companies that he buys in, uh, buys into, and so so it kind of made sense to me because that's the way I look at real estate, and I was like, this is this makes so much sense to me. This is probably the right way to buy a company, 
And time and again, you know, these quotes come up that he buys good companies at a fair price. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while for it to for you to understand what that actually means. It means that you still buy you buy an asset that's going to perform, that you are seeing a track record of performance in, and uh, you know that in the future, based on whatever they're doing, whether it's real estate, whether it's whatever company that they're you know that's operating, how they're operating, understanding that before actually putting your money on it's sort of like you know betting on the on the jockey and understanding okay this is this is what they're planning to do and i think that's what's gonna that's gonna, what's gonna perform mm-hmm. um that made sense to me but then when you told me about the fact that he is an options trader that was i was blown away i was like this this is something nobody talks about well when you get premiums everybody there's a lot of dividend investors but you can right. You write one call on Apple, and that's more than any dividend-paying company could pay you. So, right. and and some of these companies have options that are weekly. So every week you can actually write a call. Now that gets a little more dangerous, but imagine being able to produce massive premiums. So Warren Buffett will sell these leaps. They're actually not even options at this point because he'll sell them way out (laughs) and collect huge amounts of cash. Interesting. Where does he get all his cash? A huge part of it comes in from those premiums Um, that he sells. On options? On options. Like he'll he'll sell um, puts way out on uh, the S&Ps and just collect those premiums. Mm. I remember in 2008, I was looking at it and he had like $14 billion uh, (laughs) in premiums collected. And what is so amazing about it is it's real cash that enters his account and on the the accounting, a mark-to-market accounting, it actually is a loss. It's counted as a loss. So that's all like... Oh, interesting. Yeah, so if he has like... It'd be worth fifty billion or hundred billion. He's actually worth another twenty billion because he has a loss on the books. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do another session on options because I think this is uh, something that's so interesting. Um, not because I'm getting into options. Uh, I think it's just because it's going to be interesting for our listeners to know about what it is. Um, I think it's important to have focus in uh, in what you're investing in on what you're doing uh, with mm-hmm. your with your money, um, rather than going after every shiny object. Because I believe that you know there's money to be made in every asset class. There's money to be made every which way. But if you keep hopping around from one to the mm-hmm. next to the next, it's kind of becomes difficult. Yeah, I mean, your knowledge in real estate is amazing. So I I was impressed with how much legal knowledge and everything you have. Uh, Thank you. There. And and it's it's great to have that detail. You know, great underwriting. Mm. For me. And you know what I what I've realized mm. is that, you know, not just not just that. I think what ends up happening is that um, just like for example, you're you're so heavily invested in the stock market. You know, Warren Buffett is in the stock market. Um, it's about understanding where the market is going to move or where you you expect it to move based on the information that you have. And for that you require that depth of knowledge in that specific industry. 
And, you know, for, for real estate, it's actually much more local, like having the local knowledge of what are the factors at play, say, for example, uh, in your market that you're investing in. Um, for example, I'm investing in Columbus, Ohio and Cincinnati right now. It's kind of understanding what are the local factors at play. Mm. What's going to get me the advantage in that market that somebody who's coming in new or somebody who's not been in that market for a while or not been in real estate for a while uh, will not know about these things. And I think that's what creates, creates the advantage and that's where the magic happens, I think. Folks, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't done that already, head on over to www.theimmigrantdoctor.com. Uh, I have created a free video resource for you guys. It's a small course that I've created on investing in real estate. It's not very extensive, but it just gives you a flavor of what investing in real estate looks like um, so that you can get started, get more comfortable with the terms around real estate and get more comfortable with some of the facets of real estate. So go to www.theimmigrantdoctor.com to download this free resource. Yeah, uh, having a deep knowledge of location, right? With real estate, it's right. location, location. Because even right. a little mistake can cost amazing amounts of money. Right. But if you have a great location, it, it's like a natural hedge. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It protects <laughs> you because it's, right. it's worth it. It's like, Oh, well, I am willing to pay more money for this location because it's going to be worth more money as time goes on. And I think, you know, I love real estate too. And it, it's a passion of mine. Um, I think the difference between real estate and some people have the, it just depends on your mentality, right? So real estate is about land and it's tangible and you can see it and and that excites people. That really excites people. Um, but for for me, I love people. And the stock market speaks of people because I know who's running that company and I can believe in that person. And I choose to believe in people because what makes locations, what makes everything happen... What makes the world move is people. It's people. <laughs> you know? And so I believe in people. And I don't know what the Federal Reserve is going to do, and I don't know what the governments are going to do, and all these. That's the biggest risk for me in investing in anything is the government. Right. Um, is I believe in the, the unyielding spirit of people. And I think that's what draws me to... The, the stock market and the stock market has a lot of break points or, or places where you can grow and you can start very small you know like with five thousand dollars you can start right right it's the barrier to entry is like very low yeah and then growth like the difference between investing a hundred thousand dollars and a million is massive difference and then the difference between a million and 10 million is massively different. And then right. 10 million to a billion is totally different. So you have all of this world of creativity and, and learning to do as you go on investing in, in the stock market. In real estate, yeah, that's you, true. you really need like, <clears throat> there's some, some special people out there who can really make things happen, <laughs> you know, in every, every area. 
but like from my perspective like to really make real estate move you need like 10 million dollars you know especially today with the high interest rates you're like oh right. that's a lot of money it's like where do you get 10 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think um, I would differ. I would differ in my opinion about. Yeah, let's hear about that. (laughs) So I think, you know, it's funny. I was uh, I was reading another book, and it what really clicked was the fact of how we look at money. Mm. You know, money is, uh, and it kind of ties down ties to what we were talking about the flow of money. Mm. I think looking at money as a commodity. Is changes the perspective of of everything, right? So, if people want to invest in a quality asset, and it and also kind of ties down to what you're talking about, uh, ties to what you were talking about, you know, investing in people. Hmm. I want to be that vehicle for people to invest in quality assets. Hmm. So it's kind of like you have the money lying around. Invested in quality assets. Now it may be stocks, it may be real estate, but it has to be a quality asset that you're investing in, regardless. And so it's, it, so so it's. I know that you know leverage is something that's becoming a little tight right now, but I think that's where understanding the market, understanding the the big players that are going to define how you move, where you move. And uh, and you know pivoting according to that because of the knowledge that you have is important in helping other people invest in these different asset classes. For me, I chose real estate because I, you know, it's that's a basic human need. And and I was very particular about why I chose multifamily and why I didn't go for single family and why I didn't go for short-term rentals, you know, another shiny object people talk about. For me, I wanted to invest in multifamily because everybody needs a home to live in. Yeah. I don't care if AI takes over. I don't care what happens to industries. People will still need a place to stay. Mm. They've always needed a place to stay. They will always need a place to stay. Um, so for me, that's a big hedge against you know any downturn in any industry. Mm. Yeah. Right. So so for me, that was the underpinning ideology of focusing on multifamily. Yeah. I don't want to focus on short-term rentals. Yes, the returns are phenomenal, and if you know what you're doing you can really make a lot of money. But I don't want to do that because that's not a necessity. And I wanted to focus on necessity rather than a want. So focusing on need rather than a want. And so thinking about it from that perspective. The new Warren Buffett. And then thinking. (laughs) (laughs) And thinking about it, you know, from the perspective of the investor that you need to invest in quality assets because I'm an investor too. So I, I will not go and buy something for cheap just because it's cheap. I want it to perform for me as an investor, mm. right? Yeah. So, so understanding that, I think, is important in, in, in any field, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate. And uh, I just choose to focus on real estate. Yeah. No, those, those are great points. Those are great points. I mean, really, money is, a, is an input, really. That's, yeah. that's all it is. And it's garbage because of the, the devaluation that's happening as, as governments just print more and more of it, then it becomes worthless. I think uh, you can either be a part of the system and, and you know, see how, how you can use the system to, to 
your benefit mm. or you can just be against the system. And by what I mean by that is, if you're a part of the system, well, then use the arbitrage m uh, model that the whole world is using um, to make money or just save your money and then it gets devalued. I mean, it's <laughs> you really choose what you want to be, right? Yeah, I mean, the system is rigged, so why not use it to your advantage? Exactly, you know? exactly, and, exactly. And the more I can do that, the more you can do that for people, the better. Right. Better. Well, Shamaz, why did you come to the real estate conference? I'm very curious. You're so, so savvy at stocks and options. What made you come to the real estate conference? So um, we do investments in real estate, just, you know, also. And I've been, I've had this huge desire to get more heavy into it. Um, since I came back to the States, I, I was living abroad, so it wasn't, you have to have you have to be here to really do it right right and my wife loves real estate so <laughs> i wanted to take her to the 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 conference i wanted her to to learn to be part of it to make that push in in real estate investing yeah very cool very cool and mm -hmm. um if people want to get in touch with you how can they do that how can they do that oh yeah well, <laughs> I I have an email. <laughs> <laughs> sure, where where can they reach you if they want to reach you it's, and say, discuss about say investing with your firm or whatever? It's snm at cleartg.com. That's my email. snm at cleartg.com. Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Sounds good. I will put that in the show notes as well, and um, you know. Well, I, I'm looking forward to well. people investing in your fund. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about this too because uh, I'm very bullish on the Columbus market um, right now and the Cincinnati market just because of what we're seeing over there. What that's uh, Intel, right? Or is that? Well, it's not just Intel. I think it's it's a whole perspective of what they're looking at, and we um, the way we look at the market, um, you know, the Columbus market, it's, it's interesting what's happening in that market. And so I am, uh, you know, me and my team, we're kind of focusing on what we can do. Obviously at this time, the inventory is a little low because everything was bought out in the last few years. Um, I think, uh, there are going to be some great opportunities coming along in the coming months, mm -hmm. uh, which are going to be super lucrative, um, and so we're trying to position ourselves um, in the way that we go with the flow and we understand what the market needs and then we deliver that to the market. Yeah, it's going to be a good market. And I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of blow ups on those. Yeah. On the lending. And what are they going to do? Um, what so, so I'm always constantly planning, you know, I'm like always thinking of what to do next. And it's like playing that uh, that mental game of of chess so to say mm -hmm. of understanding well if they if the these pawns move in this direction i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that it's kind of like understanding the different levers that move and how they move and how they would influence our decision making and having a decision ready beforehand for what's going to happen have you ever heard about note purchasing i have but i haven't looked at it mm-hmm because sometimes maybe that's that's a good strategy in your market too. Just go find the assets you want and find out who owns the note. 
buy the note yeah. instead. I don't want to buy notes. I want to buy real assets. <laughs> well, see, because if you own the note when it comes due, or if it yeah. goes leveraged, then you can take over the asset. Um, I have that strategy yet. <laughs> I think it's too much for me. I, I like to keep it simple. Um, I think um, I think in anything in life, simplicity is key. Like you can make things as complex as possible, but I think um, going with what you know and um, and yeah, using that to your advantage is is, is the key. It is, it, yeah, <laughs> totally. I agree. I agree. Like <laughs> like my yoga teacher said. <laughs> Listen, I get money. I buy a building. That's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go chasing notes. <laughs> That's what I do. Well, I think it, this was a very fun conversation, uh, Shamaz. I think we should have another another conversation on options because that is something that I find very interesting and very intriguing, especially because we're talking about the stock market and how it's related to real estate and how everything is connected. I think it's going to be an important discussion to have understanding, uh, especially what you told me about how Warren Buffett uh, <laughs> invests his money and made his riches. All this while I was thinking that it was just these value, value plays that he did and he made his money. And here I am being told that, no, that was, that was just a small piece of it. I want to know what else he did. <laughs> well, well, yeah, selling options is interesting because it's kind of like selling an insurance policy, right? So if yeah. you, you I think, think we're going to get like into that, it more. Different. Yeah. But boy, hard conversation. I'm open, but how how do you explain it without charts and graphs? It's kind of <laughs> I don't know. I think we can plan that. <laughs> we can plan we it. Can okay. Plan that. okay. We can we can plan it. <laughs> we'll plan it and we'll do it. I think it let, let's just do it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay, it sounds great. And uh, any pointers or tips you have for me, I'll be happy to receive them. Too, so see if we can sure. get the cameras better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice having you on uh, today, and this has been a very fun conversation. And I look forward to having uh, you know another episode with you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, folks. Um, some of my guests may actually have uh, you know some mentorship programs. They may have some deals that they're working on, and uh, you might get interested in working with them. But uh, please bear in mind that I haven't done any due diligence on what they are offering. Um, and you should do your own due diligence before you start working with them. Having said that, you know, these are very high quality guests that I'm trying to bring on so that they can provide good value to you. And, you know, they're hardworking individuals and they have uh, integrity when they work. But you should definitely do your own due diligence. Um, I, I haven't done that due diligence on, um, you know, what their programs are, what their deals are. Um, so please do your due diligence. Um, I don't want to be held liable for anything that they are offering and you join that program or that deal with them uh, because you heard it on my podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Immigrant Doctor Podcast. If you would like to learn more, head to www.theimmigrantdoctor.com. See you again soon on another episode and another amazing journey.